go ahead and jump into this. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this and you're tuned in to the only sports podcast for brains and bars. This is another episode of It's a Black and White Thing featuring A1 and A Ward. I'm one half of the dynamic duo, Carlos Johnson. You can check out every episode of It's a Black and White Thing uh, by going to the podcast app of your choice, clicking like and subscribe. If you are also tuning in on Facebook Live, whether that be on the Black and White fan page or on my personal Facebook profile, please like, share um, as you see this. Even if you don't plan on watching, just somebody else might be, you know, still getting over a hangover from partying at the at the parade and might still be celebrating the Super Bowl and they want to, you know, check out what's going on. What's going on? Um, um, so, yeah, go ahead and do that. Also, if you watch this live on YouTube, um, like, subscribe, share, hit the notification bell um, so you can be notified of all upcoming shows. Also, in his absence, shout out to the homie A-Ward. Um, he has a battle coming up in a couple of weeks in New York City. Shout out to Remy Ma, Chrome 23, A-Ward versus Vixen going down next weekend in uh, New York City. I think the pay-per-view should be, if, I don't know if they got a pay-per-view. I got to look into that. Um, I'm going to be there, so I mean, I, I have no need for the pay-per-view. But um, if you want to cop the pay-per-view, you know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure they got one. I think Ruin Your Day is going to be filming, so it's going to be a good time. I am awardmerch.com for all things award battles, merch, and the like. And, um, you know, in his absence, because I don't know, I, I honestly don't know if, bro, he was in New York uh, yesterday filming face-offs for the event this weekend. And I honestly do not know if he came back. He might still be in New York for all I know. He might, I'm pretty sure he's back in Kansas City. But um, in his absence, I got the homie uh, Reese Nichols, who is joining us tonight. Uh, Reese Nichols is a contributor to Arrowhead Pride. Um, he also is a co-host of Talk That Ish podcast. Shout out to B. Shout out to the Los Factor. Homie Los, they dropped a new episode about fatherhood and the importance of father. So if you you can also find that podcast wherever podcasts are streamed. So go check that out, man. Shout out to you, Reese, man. How you doing this evening? Man, I can't complain, man. I'm glad to be here. You know, glad to be celebrating the Super Bowl victory, you know, and, and trying to trying to trying to uh, run it back. Mari focused on next year. <laughs> you muted yourself, I think. Yeah, for some house. I hear there, you. Right? I hear you. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. That's the NFL 24 7, 365. Yeah, um, man. It's, 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 it, the grind never stops. So, yeah, man. That's, I mean, that's what we're here to talk about tonight, man. The conclusion of the NFL season went down this Sunday. The Philadelphia Eagles took on the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 57. Um, a really Man, one of the better Super Bowls of this current, like the last five or so years, one of the best Super Bowls, probably trying to think. Uh, Last year's was good. I don't think it was as good as this one. I want to say probably since the Eagles played the uh, played the Patriots, Um, that ended up being a 41-33. That was a shootout um, as well, but had some defensive plays. You had Brandon Graham get the strip sack of Tom Brady to close out that game. So, yeah, man, like that was a pretty good Super Bowl. So let's uh, let's get into it, man. Let's talk about it. So, what your your thoughts on what you watched um, in, in Super Bowl Fifty Seven? Man, um, I think I watched a, a really good game. Like it was, it, I felt I feel like it was entertaining, start to finish. Both teams come out, score, opening drive, let you know, like, hey, we we here to play. You know, I think it it was it was good to kind of get you get you going and see what the rest of this game is gonna be. 
And then, I mean, the Eagles start doing what the Eagles did all season, you know, running the ball, passing vertically downfield. So it's like, man, the things the Eagles good doing good, we, we ain't the Chiefs ain't stopping right now. So kind of, you know, and then, I mean, the, 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 I don't want to even call it a strip sack. I don't know how. <laughs> I still don't know how uh, Jalen Hurts fumbled that ball, but um, definitely take it. So when he fumbled the ball, man, and um, and um, Bolton swooped it up, I was all with it, man. Returned it for the touchdown, knocked it out. So I really, man, um, I feel like it was a, one of the best Super Bowls. I, I was pretty entertained by like the the, the 49ers and Chiefs Super Bowl, so I can kind of compare it to that as well. I do think that one um, was a really good Super Bowl, but yeah. Um, second half, man. You know, you know, before the second half went, Mahomes goes down. Looks like, like, not even looks like he was in pain. <laughs> Bro was like, you know, obviously in like some of the worst pain and agony that I feel like I've ever seen Mahomes be in. So um, seeing him in that type of pain, seeing him um, go through that type of thing, it was like, oh. I didn't know he was gonna come back. Like I, that was the only time in the game I honestly would say I was worried is when um, Mahomes went down. So when he went down, I was like, "Man, like, what the Chiefs gonna do?" You know, like Henny good, but I don't know if Henny is like that. Like in this type of game, right? I'm like, so when he went down, I was like, "Man!" But then once I seen him standing on the sideline, didn't get took back to the to the locker room quickly. I was like, "All right, he gonna be cool." But then when second half came out, man, they just the Chiefs rolled. Like it's like Andy and and B enemy seen something and it's like it just clicked. And they made that number one defense not look so number one no more. It's like once they figured it out, it was it was it was curtains. I mean, and shout out to Jalen Hurst though, man. Absolutely. Um I I, I won't lie, like I, I told the homie uh when we was recording the the, the talk that is podcast yesterday, I told the homie Los because he is this season said like, man, Jalen Hurst is a top five quarterback. I was like, top five in what? You know, like, I like, I was like, no, no, not, not yet. And it's honestly like hard right now in the league for me to say he ain't with the season he just had. It don't make, it may not look as conventional as others, but um, I would have to put him top five from the season he, he just had. It's probably right at five, but I definitely would have to probably put him top five. I mean, honestly, I mean, he was Super Bowl MVP if they win easily, right? Exactly. You know, for for most of that game, he was the best player on the field. Mahomes just did what great quarterbacks do, and when it's all on the line, find a way to put the team on his back and will his team to victory. And he got some help, like you know, shout out to Kadarius Tony for that punt return, shout out to Nick Bolton for that fumble. Like Mahomes got some help to to, to carry him, but when it was all said and done, on a hurt ankle, <laughs> a big scramble. To, to, to take it to victory, just like that, that big scrim at the end of the Bengals game. So, man, overall, I think it was a great game. Um, I think the Eagles proved that deserved to be there. And, you know, kind of, you know, you kind of question who they played that year and they schedule. It's like it was kind of soft. People, you know, I even I said it, but, I mean, they proved that they deserved to be on that big stage. And, honestly, they play like that. And somehow with all this money coming up that they got on have to pay Jalen Hurts, if they could find a way to keep a team around and they'll be in the runners because NFC ain't that strong anyway. So, between them and the 49ers, um, I think you know, Cowboys would be there talk in the talk every year, but they ain't gonna ever be there, be there. So <laughs> yo, yo, so a couple of thoughts from the game. Yeah, first of all, I, I wanted to make sure, and you you hit on it, but Jalen Hurts, man, like he deserves all the flowers, all the accolades. He was amazing. And 
to kind of see where he came from. And I know it's already been, you know, regurgitated and talked about a million times about his uh <laughs> it's already been talked. Shout out to Los, man. Shout out to Los, man. Cowboy fans in the house. So um, but it's already been talked about his path to the NFL, his journey, you know, being benched during the national championship game. Um, here they go. Here go the Cowboy fans. Watch your mouth about them, boys. Man, we 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 gonna watch our mouth. We ain't gonna talk about them no more for the rest of the show. So we got you. We got right. you. We ain't gonna talk about them no more. <laughs> we said everything that needs to be said about them. Absolutely. So <laughs> and I like his path of being benched in the national title game, going to Oklahoma and playing well, but not well enough to lead his team to a chip there. And then going to Philly. And it was kind of crazy because like part of the reason why Doug Peterson was let go is because they, the ownership wanted them to give Jalen a shot and he wanted to stick with Carson Wentz. And so they got him out that got his shot. And then to face like, I get it. Philly y'all riding for y'all guy now, but y'all wasn't riding like this for him when he was the first couple of like, it wasn't, it wasn't like that, you know? And so to see the city grow to embrace him and that really happening this year, because people were saying Gardner Minshew should have been the starter who were Philly fans. People were saying he should have that if Jalen falters in the first couple of games, oh, we got Gardner Minshew, we can put him in and we'll be okay. And so to see the silly the see the city, excuse me, really embrace him and really take him in as a franchise quarterback. And I mean, like there again, we don't know everything about these guys, right? We only know what they show us, but to see his composure within the game, to see how he handled everything post-game, while he answered questions about overcoming, how do you get pop, get past this moment? How do you overcome this? Like, dude is a class act, man. And, you know, he's a guy that, kind of like Mahomes in terms of his presence, he's a guy that you want on your team. Um, he's yeah. a guy that you want as the face of your franchise. I mean, his composure, man. Like, even when um, they we when the Chiefs took the lead and – and it just looked like the Chiefs were going to try to run away with it, you know. And not, the way he just came back and just drove right down that field, I mean, it it, it was crazy. It, it was good to see the growth because you could just see the growth. I mean, that, that ball to A.J. Brown for the touchdown, that, that ball was so – I mean, because the coverage was there. And even A.J. Brown had to make a slight adjustment because he just put the ball in the perfect – like, perfect pass, beat perfect coverage every time. He put that ball right where it needed to be. I was like, man, shoot, Trimmer Duffy, ain't nothing you can do about that. Yeah, good position, good position. Right. You just got to shake that man's hand and you say gotta, good yeah, job. Good job, bro. Like, like what can you do? And, I mean, on the, in double coverage, just put it where nobody else could get to it but but A.J. Brown. And A.J. Brown made a crazy adjustment, man. It was just like – it was it, man. Jalen Hurts gained my respect, man. He, he definitely did. Oh, shout out to the homie Dorsey in the building. He said he didn't play it right. Play it right. He, he he didn't find the ball. I, I give him that. He was in perfect position, but when he went to locate the ball, he got he got out of position. So he definitely didn't play it right. But that that pass, I mean, because even I mean AJ Brown didn't play it right until the last minute. Like like he located right at the at the last at the last minute. So yeah, I definitely you know Dorsey a DB, so y'all know he go he go he gonna call it out. In all in all fairness, I get it. But I mean, it was still he was still in great position. He just didn't play it right. Yep, yep, yep. So the the second thing that uh, I took away from the game was so I've now watched um, mic'd up. I watched NFL mic'd up 
I watched um, Inside the NFL with uh, Phil Sims and James Brown's the host, Phil Sims, Ray Lewis, Michael Irvin, Brandon Marshall, Julian Edelman, right? So I watched that. So, you know, they give you the mic'd up portion of the game. You get to hear everything that they are, are saying during the game. And I'm going to tell you, man, like I'm a competitive guy. I was annoyed at how much, like how just like none of this was inspiring to me, right? Hearing Travis Kelsey walk around and go more, 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 more. Like I would hate to be on the NFL. I'm like, this is what y'all do all game? Y'all just run around, just shout these. We got to make a play. Stay within yourself. Stay, bro. Uh, what? I don't need you to tell me to stay. I'm going to do me. Like I'm going to do <laughs> Like I, it was just. Some people need that, man. So some, some man, of them rookies, want... you got team, you got team full of rookies, man. They, they, <laughs> they need to hear that, man. Come on, like. I'm like, bro, Travis Kelsey, say more, one more time, man. Go stanky leg and go have a seat on the bench, bro. I don't no. want to hear you say more no more. No, man. Like, when you, when you the guy, man, like you got, you got to go, you got to go pick him up, boy. I've been in them games before, but you got to walk on the sideline, tell him to get it together, boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I respect like, Chris so, like, Chris Jones is actually, like, he wasn't just, just saying, like, the same old thing. He's like, hey, man, y'all got to – you know what I'm saying? Like, that, I can rock with that. Yeah. Y'all got to pick it up. Y'all got to get it together. Ain't no time for no booing. Okay, cool. I can rock with that. But that, go make a play. Go make a yeah, – bro, I'm trying. Like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to make a play, man. You ain't got to tell me to make a play. I'm going to make a play. I'll like, try, bro. On. Like, come on, Pat. Like, I'm a player just like – I mean, Grant, I ain't – I'm not you. Right, I'm not you, but I'm gonna go out here. I'm gonna make a play. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, man. I, I, that was one of the things that I learned from that game. Just like, well, these NFL sidelines is trash, man. What y'all, y'all ain't got no adjustments, y'all can talk. But anyway, anyway, but yeah, that was the, one the of my adjustment takes. was more, man. More of what y'all just did. We just we need more. What, what we just did, we need more of that, man. More like <laughs> we need a touchdown. No, no stuff. Really, we need a touch. <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm like, come on, fam. Like, I don't know. But I mean, but shout out to them guys, man. Shout out to them guys for doing these to be done. I guess the other, the other part that I took is, and I think you kind of hit on it in your in your running back on the game, is it was a masterful second half. So I'll ask you, right? I, you kind of so once you saw Pat come back out there second half, right? It's twenty four fourteen. Are you still, if on a on a scale of one to ten, how confident of are you based on everything that had just transpired? That you that the Chiefs would come back and win that game. Ten. I forgot. I t- you're irrational. You're irrational. I, I asked the wrong dude. I tweeted. I, I <laughs> tweeted at halftime. I said we were down twenty four. We were down twenty fourteen. Right. Yeah. Was it 24 to 24 14 or 2014? 24 20, 14. 24 14. 24 14. Right. We down. I tweeted at halftime. I said I think we're gonna be all right. Some dude comes back was like. Man, how are we gonna be all right? We can't stop the run. We can't stop the quarterback running. I said we'll win this game. Okay, but I like, forgot you of all of our friends, though, like you're the you're a rational confidence guy. It could have been 31, 14, we three straight. minutes left in the game. And you still be like you'd have been on the sidelines more, more. Give me the rock. Give me the rock. Whatever we need to do, call my number. Give me the rock. I got us. <laughs> yeah. So I, I asked the wrong guy. And actually, when I thought about that question, I immediately answered in my mind of he's yeah. going to say 10. 10. He's going to say 10. He's ne- he never I, feels like it's over. Never. It's not a doubt in my <laughs> mind. As long as it's time on the clock and you got to start. Well, you got to start, man. It's like, if I got Michael Jordan, I'm not out of the game ever. 
I hear you. Like, I hear you. I hear like you. that's just that's just how I feel. Like when you got, I didn't see Pat come down and score so many touchdowns in like six minutes or seven minutes. Like you just like, man, we got we got a chance. We got a chance. But yeah, so okay, so again, like, is I understand that the defense gave up thirty-five points, and I think there we'll get to something one of the homies said a little bit later about about the the final possession for the Chiefs. But I think I thought that the defense played, re- and some of the advanced analytics back this up. I thought they played pretty well despite giving up thirty-five points. I thought they were in the, especially in that first half. It was kind of the same things that have plagued the Chiefs throughout the year re- reared its ugly head again. It was special teams, right? They give up the long uh, kick punt return right before half. It's missed tackles by the defense. It's unforced errors on penalties, being lining up in the neutral zone, fourth and yep. two, which where I'm not sure they were going to snap the ball, jumping offside. Chris Jones taking a bad rush route and losing lane integrity. I think it was the fourth down play where Jalen ends up taking the, the ball and running for about 20-so yards. I think that leads to their their second touchdown, maybe third mm-hmm. touchdown of the game. Right. So it was just those little errors and mistakes. And I think I put in a group chat at the time, like halftime, like, yo, if they can clean up these errors, then they'll be in the game. Because offensively, I don't think they they didn't play terribly. They just didn't have possession. Right. And so you and so I thought they could clean it up. The other the other thought that I had, and I put this in the in the group chat before the game started. There has been in these playoffs a pattern of a team plays really well. And the media over hypes it, not overrates the team. They overhype them. Right. So you had the Cowboys when they destroyed the Buccaneers and it was just assumed that that performance is just going to simply carry over to the next week. They'll be competitive with the 49ers likely win. And then they go on. That didn't happen. You had the Bengals and them beating up the bills and everything that led up to that week and how they were overhyped. Oh, I mean, just, ad nauseum about the Bengals that didn't translate over and leading up to the Super Bowl I talked I put in the group chat with you guys that the media hyped and look it the Eagles front defensive line offensive line have been stellar all season long and they deserve their flowers they deserve the accolades but I thought it was overhyped to the point that people were I don't want to say disrespecting the Chiefs because I know that's been a hot topic around town uh, since the Super Bowl but I think they were downplaying too much how just how good the Chiefs front four was and how good their offensive line was to the point of just saying, well, I don't think they can block those guys up front. They got 70 sacks all season. Um, I don't think their offensive, their defensive line can. And granted, they didn't. They got sacks on Hurts because there were runs where he tried to scramble. I thought Leo Chanel um, got a couple of Saunders. Saunders yeah. got a sack by pushing them out of bounds behind yeah. a lot of scrimmage. But I thought that they were going, if they could just simply be their equals, then it was going to be a really competitive game. And you can make the argument that offense, offensive line wise, they were more than the equal of the defensive line. They outplayed them. They yeah. outplayed the Eagles offensive line, in my opinion. Once take away the those uh, rugby scrums they got for all those quarterback sneaks, right? You're and right. the defensive line for the for the Chiefs. They shut down the running game. This is the one thing that you heard leading up to the game all week long. Run. The Eagles are going to run the ball down your throat. They're going to use the run to set up the pass. And if they do that, it's over for you. And Jalen Hurts was the most effective runner for the Eagles in that game. Everything else was the front four of the Chiefs and that offensive line of the Chiefs 
dominating up front. And that one of the I don't want to say unsung heroes, but yeah, one of the unsung heroes of the game is that of those offensive defensive lines, man. So your thoughts on on how both lines played in the game. Yeah, I mean, I think both like the offensive line for for the Eagles. I mean, I feel like they played great. You know, in the past game, they gave Jalen time. And my my thought was always, you don't have to sack Hurts. You just got to keep like once they once they started keeping Hurts in the pocket and they just start kind of getting upfield and not letting him be able to get outside. And then the way they was wrapping around with the linebacker being being the person that was taking the quarterback, Hurts kept misreading the RPO really. Like a couple of those times, he should have handed that ball off, but he was he was reading that that linebacker was going on going inside, but the linebacker was swooping out to the outside to, to stop him. So it really was kind of great play design by Spags um, in, in that second half. I I didn't ever feel like that um, the Eagles defensive line was going to dominate the Chiefs offensive line. I never got that feeling because I felt like the defensive line of the Eagles had so many sacks because they was up so big in most games where they can just go after the quarterback like you know they pass and we going out to get them we ain't got to respect the run at all i think once you started when andy came out pacheco got started going hit him with a couple of those screen passes all all of that you know made that that off that them, them pass rushers slow down and pat has just always been in a sense masterful even within the pocket so a lot of people give Pat credit for when he scrambles out of the pocket, but the subtle things he does within the pocket to avoid pass rushes is still amazing as well. So, like, I now did I expect them not to get any sacks? No. <laughs> like, I, I definitely expected them to get some. So the fact that they didn't get any, I was I, I was quite surprised at that, man. Wiley and, and Orlando Brown shocked the mess out of me. Like, I'm, I'm not going they, – to – they held their own um, – they heard all the talk, and I guess they took it personally and stepped up to the plate. I mean, the Chiefs' defensive line did what they needed to do. Jalen Hurst was going to get his, but if you could slow down the running back, the running game of them, where 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 they got to be forced into a certain situation, Jalen Hurst still showed up and won big in the past game. But you made them one dimensional, and when when they were able to do that and force them to have to pass, 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 I, I, I like the Chiefs' chances. So I think the defensive line for the Chiefs and the defensive in the offensive line play stellar i mean and shout out to nick bolton whenever nick Man. bolton is whenever like the two games he played against the Bengals, the against the Bengals, and against the against the eagles in the super bowl were phenomenal games because i was hard up on him like because i felt like he was getting pushed too far back he was making a lot of tackles but it was too it was beyond the line of screen. when nick bolton is getting downhill and attacking he's at his best i mean and leo chanel even played a, a phenomenal game on the early downs like our linebacker core played a great game too for the Chiefs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, you mentioned some of these players, you know, so I'm, I'm going to ask you, we're going to, I'm going to jump into this real quick when we get back to the game. I'm trying to see who, who's won executive of the year pro football writers of America named Howie Roseman, which let, let me, let me just say Howie Roseman deserves his flowers for the team that he built, get the trade for AJ Brown. Um, you know, they went and I think they got, they got Robert Quinn, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Although I'm not sure he even played for them. This, if he did, he was non-existent. Right. Um, he went and tried to bolster the interior of the line by going and getting Dominic and Sue. Um, he signed another uh, uh, interior lineman whose name is not coming to me at, at the moment. Um, but man, I feel like that should have been Brett Veachers. I absolutely. I feel like I mean we talked about this earlier in the, earlier today or sometime this week. Ten draft picks. 
what six major contributors and then yeah. Sky Moore being a kind of here and there contributor and then same with Leo Chanel going and getting I mean getting Carlos Dunlap near the end of the preseason right because I think it was he got signed what third at the third preseason game? Se- se- second week of the preseason you go and get Carlos Dunlap who's a contributor to your team um you got a seventh rounder at running back who's your who's your who's your starter you got a seventh rounder cornerback playing you got Cook playing spot minutes in the second like McDuffie Karloftis when have we ever seen a team win a Super Bowl let alone contend for one with that many players replacing starters first time starters in the league and making contributions that lead to a championship going and getting Tony for a mid-round picks he has the, the big punt return he has the touchdown like he should have been the again Howie Roseman, amazing job. No, he should have been number two, in my opinion. Yeah. But looking at what the Chiefs, and I know there's, again, we're going to, there's been a lot of talk about whether or not the Chiefs were in a rebuilding mode or not. We'll get to that next. I don't think it was rebuilding. I, it might have been a renovation, a remodel. Like a re, like a retool. I give it a retooling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and to have that kind of season when you are letting all these key pieces walk, you trade away the most dynamic receiver in the game and you bring in all this new talent on offense and defense and ends up at a championship. Right. And you still got what? They got what? Another eight or nine picks this year? Ten. <laughs> like. It's crazy. This, this Brett Veach with this Chiefs fan base should have bought himself at least another Five or six five, years, because his, his his draft history has not been the greatest, right? I know he gets a lot of credit for getting for being the voice behind going and getting Mahomes, but as a GM, his drafts have not been the greatest. But this one, and if these guys continue to develop and become quality players that are spending six, seven, eight, nine years with the team, like what what else? This is like the a mic drop moment. This is I am I am untouchable. So I just your thoughts on the job that Brett Veach has done as a GM with this team this year. I mean, I think it starts like last year, like really like when you see the trouble that we went through with the offensive line and in the championship against the um, in the championship against uh, the, the, the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. He revamped that whole offensive line like that's where it really started. I mean, you come in, you get. Basically, before Niang got hurt, you got three rookies from Creed, Niang, and, and and Smith starting. Then you go out first day of the draft. Everybody's getting big splashes. He go get Joe Tooney. And Joe Tooney's been a monster, right? And then you make the trade and you go get Orlando Brown. Though he's been up and down. If you got to tell me Orlando Brown's the weakest person on the off on that offensive line, I'm taking it, right? So. I think it started there. And then you talk about the Nick, the Nick Bolton, you know, and, and how he went and got him and, and stepped right in and playing. So I think those those picks right there in that in 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 the draft before before this one is really what started it. Like he killed that. The fine Trey Smith in the sixth round, <laughs> you know, like killed 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 that draft. And then you um you come back this draft, and I mean Everybody contributed, but Kennard, right? And I, and everybody knew he was a kind of a project person from the start. 
that, you know, I don't think no, you know, you was hoping that maybe he can come in and, and take over that right tackle spot. But when he didn't, you wasn't surprised. But, you know, they seen enough in him like we can't put him on the practice squad because they're going to get snatched up. Right. So, I mean, even when you look at the long punt return, I mean, I think there's a punt return or kick return in the Super Bowl. Like the second round pick Johnson is the one to save that from going all the way. Like he was a major contributor on special teams. I mean, what what he's done should have got him. Because to me, like, shout out to 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 the Eagles GM for what he's did. But it's easier to go trade for somebody, sign some 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 top names, and bring that type of stuff in. Hitting it in a draft is not easy, and definitely hitting it with that many that that like at at the, at the skill level that he hit it at to have that many rookies starting and being big contributors, man, it, it's unheard of. Like in the AFC Championship, you're literally with three rookies as your cornerbacks. Like against one of the, arguably one of the best receiving cores in the league. Like, like, <laughs> like I don't see how Beach does doesn't get it. Like your seven round pick is out here outshining your first round pick. That make that's a knock on Beach, right? Because you like yeah, man, absolutely. That that's absolutely. a knock on him. But it's like you cleaned it up. Like you, you cleaned up missing in the first round by hitting in the seventh. <laughs> like people could be like, "Hey man, he messed up. He took a running back first round and missed." But he cleaned it up because he hit in the seventh where you ain't supposed to hit. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, to get was it Jalen Watson? Yeah. To get Pacheco in the seventh, and these guys are playing major minutes for you, it's right? Crazy. Joshua Williams, Joshua Williams from an HBCU, Fayetteville State. He's a contributor. Like, like you said, I think I saw somebody say about Chanel that he had four tackles for loss. He had five tackles forward for loss. Yeah. Like Brian Cook. Get, I mean, he didn't get a, a ton of burn in the game, but he was I on mean, the field at certain points. He, he was on, he was covering deep. Like he wasn't letting stuff give, you know. I mean, AFC Championship, he's the one tips the ball to, to Williams to get to get the interception in excellent coverage. Like I mean, shout out to Beach and just shout out to the coaching staff to be able to take that many rookies in and develop them. And even in the losses that you see, the, the like the Chiefs' three losses they had this year came at a total of 10 points total. Mm. Mm. So you're looking at 10 points from being an undefeated season. That's, when you that's start, wild to think about. When you're starting that many rookies. Like, I don't think of it, like I said, I don't think of it as a rebuilding. That's like, you know, it's kind of like you got you got you got Kelsey, you got Mahomes, and you got Trav, and you got and then you got Chris Jones. It's like Jordan when he had Pippen. They won three championships. They moved on from Horace Grant, you know, B.J. Armstrong, John Paxson, but then they came back and retooled it with Dennis Rodman, Cool Coach, and Kurt, and then, and went right back and won three more. They didn't they didn't rebuild. They just retooled it a little bit and kept moving. That's kind of what that's what they did. I mean, you got Jude, and, and, and it's the way that, to me, that Beach works to cap. That that goes, like, the type of contract he got Patrick Mahomes to sign where he can move so much of that on, getting Juju to come on on on, on a player deal, right? Trading pennies for, for Kadarius Tony, like, a, a composite, you know, a comp third pick and a sixth round. We got 10 more draft. We got still got 10 draft picks. Who cares about those two draft picks, right? Because we can't keep all of them anyway this year. That's why I think he's going to be very active in trading because there's no way we can keep 10 rookies again with this many rookies we got already shining. Mm-hmm. So, so, so yeah. 
All right, so let's get back and talk about some of the controversial moments in this game. I w- I'm not going to start with the obvious one. Let's go back to Eagles' possession. I don't know if they ended up scoring a touchdown on this drive or not. This might have been the field goal drive. Was it a fumble? I think incomplete pass. Incomplete pass. Okay. Because when you when, when you slow it down, you want to say fumble. Because you see him catch it. You see him, in a sense, look like he tucks, and as he goes to move forward, he gets hit. But when you look at it, bang, bang, incomplete pass. Like, everything is going to look more highlighted in a slowdown when you, like, moving it real slow. And you're like, oh, there it is right there. He tucked it away. He made a football move. But in real time, like, I I, I said incomplete from the from the jump. Do I wish it was a fumble? Absolutely. But but, <laughs> but incomplete, it, it was, in my opinion, it was an incomplete pass. Okay. So let's jump now to the – more controversial, the most controversial play of the game. Was it a hold? Yes. By Bradbury. Absolutely. He, I mean, okay. he, like, was it, was it just, have I seen worse holds? Absolutely. You know, did it warrant the flag? I say absolutely as well. When that, normally, whenever you see that, jer- when you see that jersey get tugged, that flag is coming out. Like if if it would have just been the part where he kind of seen the hand around the around his waist on the second one, which could have been a hold too, honestly, if they wanted to call that, I think if it was just that, you let it slide. But whenever a receiver is trying to cut back and go upfield, and, and you turn him a little bit, and you see that 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 extension, it's going to get thrown every time. Because if it doesn't get thrown, if it does, if the hold doesn't happen, you probably have a touchdown, or at least a first down. Yeah. Which which you still get the same result, right? If he gets the first down, it's the same. And that's my thing. Like I Because Bradbury was beat. He was toast. He was toast. And the crazy thing is, is even with all the holding he did, when you see that ball land, Juju still has about a yard, yard and a half of separation. So right. imagine if he doesn't grab him. And there's no but now I haven't watched the all 22 because I didn't care that much. There's, there's nobody it. there. There's touch. Right. At least that. the it's TV version, there's nobody there. And so, like, to see people go, well, you don't – it wasn't egregious. It was egregious. That's why they threw the flag. If it wasn't egregious, they wouldn't have thrown the flag. Right. Right? And if if he doesn't – to me, it's like, well, you don't throw the flag there. Okay, we'll give the Chiefs seven points. Because, like you said, he was going to score. And if if the response to that is, well, how do you know he makes the throw? Because Mahomes was 12 for 13 in the second half. That's how right. I know he makes the That's throw. That's only – his only incompletion was he threw it away in the in the end zone on a trick on a trick play on a trick play. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, it, that's how I know he was going to score. And cornerbacks, when you when you play quarterback, if you ever play the position, you're taught if you feel like what you're about to give up is a big player touchdown, the only thing you can do is hold this person. We'll take the penalty. <laughs> like it, it sucks that it came on third down, but it's like, man, I was like, coach, I was beat. <laughs> like I, I was beat. And it, it happens to the best of us. I mean, that's why Bradbury said, hey, yeah, I held him. I was hoping they – I mean, and the Chiefs have been on the opposite side of this. I mean, you see when D4 lines up in the neutral zone and everybody was upset because most of the time when you line up in the neutral zone like he was, refs give you a warning in the game. Say, hey, man, you kind of in the neutral zone. I didn't call it this time, but I'm going to need you to get back. They didn't give D4 no warning. Interception thrown by uh, Brady, flag. <laughs> And you can't argue. You'd be like, well, I mean, normally refs let that slide. Yeah, they do. But was he in a neutral zone? Yes. It's a penalty. Right? And and that's why I kind of like, I agree with, 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 Ugg, with, with Shannon Sharp. Like, man, a penalty in the first, 
If that was holding the first quarter, it's holding them with two minutes left in the game with got with the game on the line. It's it's a penalty. If I if I'm a Eagles fan, I'm probably upset like they are. So I get it. But yeah, it was a penalty. I guess my thing is is we have spent all season being uber critical of referees because they have not thrown penalties when they should have, not called the obvious. And for the obvious to happen, whether or not he grabbed him and tackled him or spun him around before the obvious to happen and go, well, for my entertainment purposes, don't call it here. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, no, like that's that. What, like what world do you live in where you want obvious files to happen just because you want a particular type of ending? You've got to, you have to just look my bad, my bad coach. My bad. <laughs> that's my fact, LeBron was like, in my professional opinion, you know, you don't call them like, bro, just a couple weeks ago, man, you was just, <laughs> you were losing your mind <laughs> over an obvious foul call. You was losing your losing, mind because they didn't call it in crunch time. And now you're like in crunch time, you shouldn't call it. Like <laughs> that's not how that works, bro. That I, I wish I would have thought of that in the time. Cause I sure would have seen the picture and be like, I, I guess they got this right then. Huh? I guess they I, got I, that I, right. I, I literally shared the overreaction and said, bro, is this you? <laughs> <laughs> is this I retweeted his post with him crying over I said, bro, is this you? Because come on, man. Is this like this is you because they didn't call something in crush time that they probably felt like shouldn't decide the game. So only play I feel like the refs got wrong. They probably missed some things. Like they're human. They're gonna miss Absolutely. some things. But only play I feel like got that wrong. Is it, it, it what's his name? Gobbert or what's that tight end for the Eagles Goddard. name? Goddard. I don't feel like it was a heck of an effort. I don't feel like he caught that pass on that sideline. Oh, no, I think that was a catch. So because the reason it was a catch is because when he get, regained possession, his left foot was still on the ground. Okay. So, th- so that's probably so that's, what I missed. Yes, that's why they called it a possession. Um, his left foot was still on the ground. Then he, when he get recatches it, his right foot hits down. Okay. And so, yeah. Because that was, I was that thinking was my that left foot too. was up, and all I seen was that right foot get down again, and that left foot never caught, came back down. But so they saying the left when he when he got control, that left foot was still on the ground. Right, right. So okay. his right, he he catches it first. His left foot is up. His right foot is down. He bobbles it while he's while his left is coming down, and right his um his not his heel, but it like his he's on the balls of his not the balls of his feet, but his front part of his foot is still on mm-hmm. the ground. When okay. he still when he recatches it, then he gets the right. Because I was on the same thing, and my question was, well, is it? Do you get if that foot was already down? Do they still count it when you recatch it? So apparently they do. Yeah. So that's why yeah. it was ruled to catch because his foot. Because I want to say one of the, uh, one of the mic'd ups catches uh, Cheffers talking about the play, and I mm. feel like he mentions the fact that oh that left foot was still down when he recaught it. Well, that he goes, sense, well, man. in my estimation, that's a catch. So yeah. I think it should stand. So, yeah, so and I was I mean, I'm not mad at Andy challenging it. I felt like you needed to challenge it because it was third and 14. By the way, that was a dot from Jalen to him on that one. I mean, that pass, I didn't think bro. I thought he sh- I don't know if Snead should have caught it. I thought Snead was going to at least tip it. And yeah. the fact that he got that over Snead, who's not a small human being. I mean, he put into- that ball in a perfect position. Oh my gosh, that was a great throw! And I mean, um, and, and Goddard made some great catches that game. Like he made he made a couple of them that I was a couple like, of third third down incredible catches. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, so I want to I want to jump into some of the the talk this week. Right, you've had 
a lot of Kelsey after the game. Nobody thought we would win. Nobody picked us to win. You had Kelsey reiterate that. And that has led to a lot of, uh, I don't know what's the word, consternation. A lot of media people being upset that the Chiefs are protesting too much about being underdogs, about no one picking them to win. So I just, I wanted, what are your thoughts on all the the back and forth about who who the you know who really picked the Chiefs to win or are they being are they taking this nobody believed in us uh stuff too far? I mean, I get the Chiefs players like coming out because I mean at the beginning of the season national media was all you know when they seen the moves that the AFC West had made, seeing what the Buffalo Bills had did and already seen how Cincinnati, you know, did what they did to us last year. I mean, it was great reason to believe that you know in a sense i get when that wide national media might have picked against the chiefs you give up probably the most dynamic player in the league outside of patrick mahomes is probably tyreek hill and, and and you give him up and i mean you bring in some players like an mvs and a juju but you like man they ain't they ain't tyreek like by, by any means you let you let you know what was considered the heart and soul of your defense from a from a leadership standpoint and tyron matthew walk like that ain't really even got talked about enough, honestly, like letting the heart and soul of, of, of the vocal leader of your defense leave. Um, you, you give up your other two starters that was at corner. All your starters at cornerback was going outside of Snead. Your whole cornerback room was going outside of Snead. Like your, your, your starting linebacker was gone. Middle linebacker was gone. Like you lost a lot of pieces. Um, and not even just when you talk about Hill just leaving. Only one that came back from last year was McCole Hardman. And that's not saying a lot. <laughs> like that's no, that's no shot at him, but he hadn't he hadn't established himself as that guy where you're like, man, we got McCole. He's you know, McCole has his things where I feel like, you know, when he was gone, you noticed, like, man, I wish we had McCole now because of some of the dynamics he brings. But when you think about revamping your whole secondary, revamping your whole wide receiver room, I get why national media is like. No, this takes time. You just don't bounce back from this type of, you know, and that's why I think it's like, yeah, the Chiefs did their thing. But if you've been honest, like, I thought we would be here. You know, I never panic. I'm like, we got this. We got my homes. But, like, it still was like, man, we we should be, we should still be grateful because most teams can't do this. Um, But as far as, like, like, I see a lot of people on Twitter and stuff, definitely a lot of the Chiefs Kingdom fans is, trying to pull up all the clips. Yes, y'all did say this. I mean, I ain't got time for it. Like, we won the Super Bowl. I don't care what y'all said. <laughs> like, like I don't care what y'all said before the season started. We won the Super Bowl. I ain't got to go grab a post. I ain't got to go pick about what y'all said. Here are my, here's the Lombardi. It speaks for itself. <laughs> It speaks, it speaks for yourself. All I got to do is post the Lombardi trophy. I ain't got to say nothing else. Y'all know what y'all said before. I don't even have to remind y'all. I'm not going to get into the debate about y'all calling it, saying y'all didn't count. I don't care. We are Super Bowl champs. So I ain't got to go back and forth. But, you know, a, a, as players, you're going to find whatever fuels you. And you got you got to find that motivation. Like, people, people lie to themselves just to create it. Like, we, you know. Shout out to you. You know, shout out Jordan, shout out 83. Like you, you, <laughs> you, you, you create, you create a false narrative <laughs> to, 
to 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 give yourself <laughs> some push, and it works. Like 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 it works. It's like you know everybody know the, the program. Hey man, you the one messing with my sister. You know, like he's creating this thing in his mind to be a dog, whatever. And I think that's what the Chiefs did. Like, okay, everybody count us out. Let's go show them. And, and so now, what I am is like the national media is trying to walk back, walk it back as if they didn't say all that. Like, nah, bro, it, people got receipts out here nowadays. <laughs> like, y'all said the Chiefs wasn't gonna make the playoffs. Y'all said we was gonna go from first to last. Like, all these things were said. I'm like, stand on it. Like, hey, yeah, yeah I did I did count them out. I did for good reason. <laughs> yeah, and shout out to the homie Dorsey. He said we uh y'all boys be speaking that real on here. I appreciate that. We appreciate that. Yes, and sir. I think it's it's two things can be true at once, right? Yes, there were certain people, a lot of people, um, and I think shout out to C Dot. I think C Dot posted um from ESPN like their preseason predictions. And I think he said maybe one yeah. of their people had them going to the Super Bowl or maybe something like three, two or three, something like that. But yeah, like, like you said, everything we've talked about that they lost, starters on their defense that were in the Super Bowl, losing a dynamic receiver, bringing in an entirely new receiving core around Mahomes to, to complement Travis Kelsey. There were a lot of reasons to have questions, maybe doubts. It's too strong a word, but there were a lot of reasons, even with Mahomes, right, to wonder about just how good they would be when you looked at everything that happened around them in their own division, right? Look at what ha- look at Tyree going to Miami, and then you look I mean, at what Mahomes was coming off his worst season as a starter, and which they saying coming, a lot, and, and yeah, because it was better than most people's best season, <laughs> but he was coming off his worst season as a starter, but the last taste that they had in their mouth was a Mahomes that we've never seen before too. The worst half of football the man has ever played where he looked like Brody Crow. <laughs> and it, it, it was like, so when that's the last taste you leave in the mouth, like, man, y'all just seen Mahomes his last game and y'all take one of his top weapons for him. Had, you know, so it was good reason to question how they, you know, because you can honestly say, the Chiefs was not supposed to win the Super Bowl this year. No, they weren't. They weren't. I had, this I had total was, faith that they could and that they would get there, but they were not supposed to. You're not nah, supposed to nah. win with that many revamping your whole secondary, your whole receiving room, all these rookies. You're not supposed to win the Super Bowl. It's a testament to, to, to Patrick Mahomes, the, the leaders on that team, and the, and the coaching staff, and Brad Beach. Like, but you're not supposed to win it. Absolutely. And look, this was. This was supposed to be, I know shout out to Nick Wright, he calls it the Arrowhead Invitational, but this was supposed to be the Buffalo Bills Invitational. Everyone had already crowned Josh Allen as MVP. They had crowned him as that that guy. He was going to be the new face of the league. They were going to win this championship. And when they beat the Chiefs, that bolstered that argument even more, right? And so that was, he was the darling. He was the off-season darling, right? This was supposed to be their year. And to be fair, you add Von Miller, right? You have all those picks that they've invested, high draft picks they've invested on their defensive line. It was the best defense in the league statistically last year. You you have, again, you have a top three quarterback. You have a top five wide receiver. Dawson Knox is a is a really good wide receiver, right? Gabriel Davis, was this is supposed to be kind of his the start of his breakout. You have all those things going in their favor. 
And look, the season didn't end the way they wanted, obviously. But yeah, like for the media to act as if they were just like, oh, yeah, the Chiefs will still be there. Like, yeah. it's just kind of <laughs> crazy to me. It's, it's just and it, I don't the, I feel like the media has this thing of, well, we are the only ones who can praise you. Right. You can't take the mic and talk bad about us, even though we right. didn't we gave you ammunition to talk about us with. Right. Like we gave you the bullets. How dare you shoot us? Right. Right. Like we're the only ones who can do that. And it's just, like, just saying, you know what? Hey, I was wrong. Yeah. Just just own it. Like, yeah, you know what? Y'all y'all the champions. Champs get to talk. They talk. They get to they get to do that. Do what they do. And we just got to we just got to sit here and take it. That's yeah. all. That's it. That's it. So I mean, yeah. I shout again. Shout out to those guys, man. Now, now, Travis, you are taking a little bit too far. You are taking a little bit too far. That two again, two things can be true at the same time. But you know, yeah, talk your talk, man. Y'all, like you said, y'all got the. I, I, I just think they. I th- I think in the Chiefs' mind, somewhere, is as confident as they are, Travis probably knows like we wasn't supposed to win the Super Bowl. So now that we did, I'm a t- I'm I'm gonna talk my talk. Because and, you they know how hard it is to do this with it's hard to do with the perfect team. Like the Ram the Rams found that out because so many so many different things can go can go wrong. Definitely injuries. Yeah. I mean, it, it's injuries is one of the reasons Chiefs probably ain't hold this ain't the fourth Lombardi, <laughs> you know, because of what what they lost in in, in, in their tackles in, in the Super Bowl. Like in, injuries changed the out that I mean, injuries is really one of the reasons that the Bills probably ain't where they at you get yeah, a hurt josh facts. allen half through the season you facts. lose von miller micah high was out most of it like that hurt them you Absolutely. know you take you take that away i mean and shoot injuries it hurts the Bengals at the wrong time because you lose sneed and tyler boy stays in that game <laughs> we might be looking at a different outcome <laughs> right so absolutely it, absolutely it, it, the, the chiefs was fortunate not to have any really major injuries, you know, and they got healthy at the right time despite him. And then Mahomes just is a grinder. He just grits it out. You He's know, so, yeah. So let, let's turn the page. Like you said, it, the season never ends. Let's turn the page. Let's, let's go into this off season. I'm going to start here. I was supposed to ask you this question the last time you were on, but I forgot about it. So I'm going to do, I'm going to start here. Has Frank Clark, Bought himself another couple of years in Kansas City with his postseason performance. It's funny. I I I I literally asked that question 20 minutes ago in the Arrowhead Pride chat. Like <laughs> literally, like does is there a way that Frank Clark is on this team last next year? And and one person asked, and I think this was um the, the best answer. Like he's like, hey man, a couple of, of of emotional weeks of him pouring his heart out don't change the tough decisions that have to be made in a couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> for him for him to be here, I think he would have to take a he would have to humble himself and take a major pay cut because he took one to stay, like you know, and they threw some dummy years on there again just to make it look like something, but he'll have to take another pay cut, you know, to get to 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 be back here, and maybe he's at a point in his career where that's more important where he don't want, you know. He don't want to start over because I don't think he's going to get a, a tremendous payday anywhere. So it's like, do I do I take three or four million less than what I can go be just to be a guy here and have a chance at another Super Bowl? If he's smart, he would. He's rich. 
Like, because he, he ain't going to get another mat. He's not going to get another massive contract. Right. He'll probably he can probably can get a better contract somewhere else than he can get here and lose. <laughs> you know, so it is is just like, do I think he's gonna be here? My gut tells me yes. Because I, I feel like the coaches really want him here. It just comes down to is he gonna take less money? Because mm-hmm. because like like everybody's tied to the motion. I think Big Red, I think Andy Reid loves Frank Clark, I think Frank Clark loves Andy Reid. One person that I know is not tied to an emotion period is Brett Veach. And he will give you them walking papers because the only thing he's tied to is what's best for the Chiefs down the road. Not even just next year, four to five years. He's already looking there, which is a GM supposed to do. You don't see you don't you don't see people just hugging all on Veach and Veach hugging all on them. Like you can kind of see that he kind of keeps that. He's happy, he'll shake hands and all that, but he kind of like keeps that guard because when it's time to make a decision, can't be no emotion tied to it. Okay. Only person he probably hugging, keep that emotion to is Kamir Kelsey, Kamir Mahomes. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I, I love, I love y'all, but everybody else is expendable. I hear that. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to make you Reese Veach. Yo, listen, Arrowhead Pride. Listen, I know y'all got a, a fleet of riders. But this is something that this is this, this is his bag, right? I know y'all got him on draft coverage, but this is his bag. We call him Reese Veach in our group chat. So I'm gonna make you the GM. Mm-hmm. You have your you can re-sign three players. You don't have to get in specifics on money and all that good stuff. Matter of fact, I'm a I'm a solo. I'm gonna give you the solo screen, give you the main main stage. You get three guys to re-sign from this free agent class for the Chiefs. Who are they? Three guys to re-sign from the solo class for the Chiefs. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm trying to picture everybody that, that's that's a free agent right now. So this is just from the this is for the Chiefs, right? So I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna look this up while 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 you think about it. I tweeted. I would say because Frank Clark, right? Frank Clark is yeah. one of them. You know, Frank Clark's not a free agent. Oh, he's not a free agent. Okay, okay. My fault. My fault. Yeah, he has, he has he has another he has um, another year. That's why Orlando I Brown. To- so Orlando Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juju, mm-hmm. Derek Nottie, mm-hmm. Carlos Dunlap, uh-huh. Andrew Wiley. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Henny's retired. Ronald Jones, oh, yeah, okay. Michael Burton, yeah. Blake Bell, Nicole Hartman, Dion Bush, Brandon Williams, Juan Thornhill. Colin Saunders, Jarek McKinnon, like wow, Justin Watson, Nick Allegretti. So those are all the unrestricted. I'm not gonna worry okay. about restricted guys. No, restricted. Those are all be unrestricted. Um, unrestricted. I'm, I'm resiling Colin Saunders. Oh, okay. That's that. That's my number. I'm letting Naughty walk. Um, I'm letting Juan Thornhill walk because Brandy. Cook played too good. I think the draft is decent enough to go and, and get you a third safety in the, in the third or second round again. Um, man, my heart wants to sign, resign Jared McKinnon because of what he brings to the offense, but it's like, uh, Carlos Dunlap is like not a not a not a big thing. So I'm going to resign Colin Saunders. Okay. Um. Allegretti. Wait, for three? That's two. 
So Saunders and Allegretti are your two of your three. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Continue. Cook on. Let him cook. The depth at that offensive line is very important. We've been we we've been healthy for the last few couple years. That's not going to keep being that way. And I feel like he's a starter somewhere else if he goes. That's how that's how solid he when he comes in. You really don't tell that some that he's that he's in there, and that's good for our offensive lineman. Okay. Um. Man, that might be it. Only two. I mean, I would, but if I'm like like because here's the thing, like I know what jumps off is Juju. Um, I will resign Juju for the right price, for the right amount of for the right money, the right contract. I resign Juju. If the price gets too high, he's not worth it. Okay. Because, like, I feel I I feel like that Sky Moore and Juju play the same role. Mm-hmm. They're both intermediate route runners, great route runners with great hands. Because of course Juju's a little bit, you know, on the bigger side, but both are best in the slot. You know, Sky Moore is not the, the jet sweep and 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 that type of guy that they were trying to make him out to be. They were just trying to get the ball in his hands. He's not that he he is much better playing the role that Juju is playing for cheaper. You're not you're not moving on from MVS. Cause he's on another contract. It's not worth the dead money to let him walk and revamp the whole room. So would I take Juju back? Yeah. For the right price. Okay. Um, if the money's too high, let him walk. Okay. Like, like, like you can't, you can't overspend for a guy that only had 200 to 100 yard games. Like you just can't Hardman. He, he's if one thing the draft is deep in. It may not be dynamic receiver, but it is speedy receivers. So True. you can find somebody in the draft that can do what Hartman does, in my opinion. So you, you let him walk. But if he want to take a player deal because he not, I don't, he he didn't do enough this year because of injury to me to get big money. So if he want to come back on a one year winner, cool. Um, Colin Saunders, I think is just now scratching the surface of where he's about to be. Mm-hmm. Um, what the the step forward that I seen him take this year, I feel was very noticeable. So you know, I think him paired next to you know Chris Jones in a rotational move. I, I I'm bringing him back, and I'm just all about keeping the depth at at, at, at the, in the line. You know, Andrew Wiley played. He played good. He had he had a solid season, better than what everybody thought he would do at right tackle. But I think you have to, in this sense, go ahead and give him younger and more athletic there, if you want to if you want to move forward. Like so, so Orlando Brown. He'll 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 be my third. Is or, or okay. Orlando Brown, okay. because so, because you can't like when I look at the draft, it's not I, you know from what I looked at so far, I don't feel like left tackle is just that dominant of a position right now in the draft where you go get somebody that can come in and do what Brown is doing right now, and free agency definitely is not there. So unless you're trading for somebody, then I think if you go anywhere else, draft a free agent, you take a step back from Brown. Now I'm still not gonna make Brown the highest paid left tackle in football. But I think you franchise tag him again. Mm, okay. Yeah. So that's my three: A- Allegretti, Brown, Saunders. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Because so- Thorn- Thornhill came on at the end of the season. Like he he had, he came on and had a great end of the season. You don't draft a, a safety in the second round to have him sit again. When they drafted Brian Cook, Thornhill's papers was already written. Although you know, I feel like they did that with Thornhill. I know he came out the ACL injury. Um, yeah. After his rookie during his rookie season, I feel like it took him a long time to really start to get 
consistent snaps, right? While people yeah. were complaining about uh, Dirty Dan. So, because um, I think if Thornhill, if they really had high hopes on Thornhill, then they would have focused on drafting the safety and wouldn't even focus on bringing Reed in. I figured when they signed Reed to that three year deal and drafted a safety, a safety in the second round, that was telling you that it could, it's, it's really Veach's MO. Like when he drafts somebody in the second round, normally by the second year, they are starting. You look, mm-hmm. you, you, he did the same thing at linebacker with Will, you know, with Willie Gay the first year, then came right back the next year, took another linebacker. Those are your two starting linebackers now. He moved out the rest of them guys out of there, you know. He's going same reason you take a Sky Moore in the second round, right? Because you plant you don't you don't draft somebody like Miko was drafting the second round because they thought he was going to have to start with what was going on with Tyree Hill, right? That's been whoever beaches Creed second round starting, whoever beats normally drafts in the second round by the first or second year they are starting. Hey, listen, Sky, I need you to make sure you really in your playbook this offseason, on my boy. Cause you can't keep lining up in the wrong spot. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? It, it worked out in your favor this time, but you can't expect your homie to bail you out. Every my, my whole thing with that play though, was like, if Sky was in the wrong spot, that means Tony had to be in the wrong spot too. Hmm. Interesting. Because it's no way. And unless he's bringing, he's starting Sky here next to Tony, bringing him fully in motion then bringing him back to run that same route. That's the only that's the only way that works with Tony on his right side is that he brings Sky fully in motion. But the, they said the playcock was running down, so it was no way that he was going to be able to bring him fully in motion all the way back. I'm interested to see. I think they were supposed to be side. They was planning on going that same side, and that's why Mahomes looked there. And then he seen Tony. Tony's like, no, nah, they're supposed to go to Sky. Sky over there. I think they both was in the wrong spot. Okay. All I'm saying is, Scott. Yeah, listen, they're gonna draft another. They're gonna draft another wide receiver to second round. Second round. All right. So let's close on this, man. Let's let's talk about the draft. Um, so the as it stands right now, right before they make any free agent moves, the Chiefs' top three needs at at in the draft or what? As it stands today, either edge or defensive. I would say edge. It's, it's still mm-hmm. a need because I feel like, you know, much as I, my heart says Frank Clark going to be here, even if he's here, you have to bring in somebody else. Frank Clark can slide into that Dunlap role and get you another, you know, young speed. So I'm going to say edge, offensive tackle, wide receiver. Wide receiver or defensive tackle will probably be my, my third. I'm, I'm bouncing between – because this draft has some good defensive tackle. If you're looking to get that 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 defensive tackle, I think this is this is the draft you want to go get it in. But I think it definitely okay. has to. I think I think tackle and offensive tackle edge, and I feel like we straighten the secondary for the top for the top round. We straighten linebacker, so I would have to say receiver. Okay, because we still don't have that guy. Yeah, you still don't have and, a number and, one. And, and, and it, shout out to Kelsey and as good as Kelsey doing at some point, that's going to start to decline. So I wonder, do you think Noah Gray, I thought he did some really good things late in the season. Can he be, not necessarily the heir apparent, but can he be someone to help keep that position afloat until I think they he can, can find their Kelsey? I think he can, because my thing is, 
Kelsey is so good, you're not going to find a Kelsey. And that's why it's even so hard looking at tight ends, like draft prospects, because you're trying to be like, oh, can they be Travis Kelsey? It's like, no. <laughs> like, 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 no. Like, probably not. Being able to read the defense, what you know, but I I think you've seen the progression of Noah Gray that, you know, it, it's starting to look a lot of how Kelsey's career started, though. You know, mm. I feel like if he got the snaps, that he he could easily be a 700-yard, 800-yard tight end in this offense because you're talking about Andy Reid, too. Andy Reid's going to get him open. It's the miscellaneous and the this miscellaneous stuff in the chemistry that that Mahomes and Kelsey has that takes that to the next level. Right. right. So, but yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to throw a couple of plugs for Notre Dame guys. Isaiah Foskey as an edge, he's got the size that I think that a guy like Spags would like. I think he's like six five, about two fifty. Will he be there at thirty? What are we at thirty one? He he's going to be a day two guy. Like I I okay. think that he you can if you decide you want to grab him at thirty one you could, but I think you could probably get him some point in day two. Um, I don't you know I don't know if Michael Mayer tied in is going to be there at thirty one. I I think he should go in the first round, but you know um, a guy that I'm interested in at tied in is Sam Laporta from from Iowa. Now look, Iowa's offense makes makes you know little league offenses look like the the greatest show on turf like that's how bad iowa's offense is so like his numbers are not going to wire you but iowa has a, a track record of producing some decent uh wide receivers right you got george kittle um noah fant um you know so they have a little bit of history but i'm interested to see luke musgrave from uh oregon state is a guy that i find to be interesting as well um other edge guys Miles Murphy. I don't know if Miles Murphy makes it all the way to thirty-one. Um, I think the Chiefs trade up this year. Interesting because of all the draft picks. You got you got all the like because honestly, when you got that many to me young players that stepped up and played, you got them for three or four more for three for at least three more years. Right. You got you got McDuffie and Corlophis on fifth-year options that you most likely pick up. Right. So I think you're so straight in that core. Right there, the offensive line is is fairly young, you know, outside of Joe Tooney. So you so you're you're good there. So it's like I don't think there's big enough holes to fill over the next couple of years where your first round pick next year necessarily matters. Definitely when you know it's gonna be towards the end. Yeah. So if you got to trade this first round pick this year, next year's first round, coupled in with a second round of this year to move up and get you a, a a left tackle or a right tackle for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Cause that's a hole. That's, that's one of the biggest holes, you know, you got, why not go and trade up and fill it? You're so young everywhere else. So last name I throw out, we got, we'll end it on this note. I'm curious to see, he was hurt for the national title game. So I'm curious to see where his, uh, if he'll be able to be ready for the combine, but Nolan Smith from Georgia, mm-hmm. um, they have been putting out some dogs on the on the defensive line. And I think he's a guy where, again, depending on what that injury looks like for him, um, I haven't dug into what he might be projected in terms of round he would go into, whether he's day one, day two, day three. He's probably got to be a day two guy, even with the injury that as it relates right now. But if he's healthy enough to do combine or pro day, um, he's probably going to, the numbers are going to test off the charts. 
And I think the one thing the Chiefs miss on the edge right now is a guy. I mean, shout out to Karloftis, whose motor runs high. But you need someone who got who has some bend, who yeah. can kind of turn that speed. corner. And I think he can be one of those guys who's going to be speedy. He's going to be. He's going to have a quick twitch. Going to be able to get off the, off the ball quickly at the snap. And that would be a guy like at thirty one. If I'm the Chiefs, because there is no thirty second pick because the Dolphins forfeited their pick for the Tom Brady fiasco. Um, so at thirty one, if I'm the Chiefs, and again, depending on what your what your needs are, how free agency has treated you up to that point. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And, and so I, I just, I just don't see Brett Beach. I mean, he's not the type to just go spend big money in free agents. He's gonna have a lot of Chiefs players, Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs fans mad again because they're gonna see. I don't even think the free agent class is that great this year. Period. Yeah, I haven't looked at it. I know a wide receiver; it is absolute trash, and that's why you know Juju could probably get a bag depending on. That's why I think he's gonna get a bag. Like, and you know you get that Super Bowl that Super Bowl bump, right? You win a Super Bowl, and you'll see guys who are free agents go out and get a little bit of maybe more, a little bit more money because they have that shine on them of, of having a, right. being a champion. So I can see McCole potentially finding a new home. I can see Juju. I think we talked about this. I think the thing with Juju is I think Juju is tasted and seen. Right. Um, and I think being in this organization and being around this team, I could see him taking a discount to stay in Kansas City. It's kind of, I guess, what he did with, with Pittsburgh, right? He could have came. If I he's think the smart, Chiefs, he will. Yeah, I think the Chiefs offered more than Pittsburgh did, but he opted to go back to the Steelers. So, and not that it was that much more, but I think it was a couple of years, right? It was like a two or three year deal they put on the table for him, right? And he went back for, yeah. for one. So, I mean, Juju's a different cat, maybe, you know. I I mean, if he's smart, he will, because he, he you know, he needs, Juju's a number two guy. I mean, he, he needs another dynamic thing where there's a receiver, tight end, whatever. And he, he's just going to be a 900,000 yard guy. He's not going to be that 1600 yard, 18. Like, he's not going to be that. He's he, he's a number two guy. And that's okay. And I th- but I think he needs to recognize that to not <laughs> and say, like, I mean, let me stay where all the pressure ain't on me to go be the guy. Yeah. You know, you yeah. know what I like to see the Chiefs go and, 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 Fix and, and, and grab him. He ain't did nothing to warrant this, but I feel like in our offense, Andy can make him phenomenal, and Patrick and Patrick Mahomes can make him phenomenal. It's Claypool. Like the Bears realize they messed up by going to get him and all that. Throw the Bears a six round pick. Come on, Claypool. Come on over here. You know, you know, with a winning offense and shine. Cause I feel like Claypool was good. I just feel like he's been in bad situations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Brett Veach loves an open box special. Right. If 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 it's got a little bit of damage and you can yep, discount the price a little bit. Yeah. 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 yeah Listen, ain't nobody going to see the side of that refrigerator with that dent on the side. It's going to be on the wall anyway. Right. Ain't nobody going to see that. You know what I'm saying? It still work. The ice maker is good. Right. Yeah. OK. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Bring them on in. Absolutely. Shout out to Mama Ward in the building. <laughs> hey, Mama. Uh, but yeah, man, that's our show, man. I appreciate you, Reese, for coming on and joining us. Um, this episode, always, if, always. If if time it works for me, will be up in the morning, early, probably about nine, ten o'clock. So once again, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Um, once again, you can find every episode of It's a Black and White Thing by going to the podcast app of your choice, searching for It's a Black and White Thing or Brains and Bars. Um, you can check us out on YouTube. Like, subscribe, comment all that good stuff. If you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter, share, retweet, we, we, wow, can I say the word retweet, 
retweet, repost, share, uh, so that this can get viewed to a wider audience. Thank you guys for listening and watching. I am awardmerch.com. And of course, my dad shows up one more time. Cowboy fans in the building. Um, let them have the last word. But um, um, you can check us out on all social media channels by searching at Brains and Bars. It's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, shout out to the homie Reese Nichols. You can check him out on arrowheadpride.com. Um, he has an article up about Kadarius Tony um, and his major contrib- contribution to the win in the Super Bowl. Also, check out Talk That Ish podcast. He's a co host there with the homies B, the Lowe's Factor Man. Got a new episode up about fatherhood and a new episode dropping tomorrow. Yep. New episode drops tomorrow. So, wherever you listen to podcasts, go check those guys out. Talk That Ish. Um, and until next time, it's been a black and white thing, man. We appreciate y'all. Y'all have a good evening.